The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Thank you for listening to Spin, the Rally Pod, brought to you by Dirtfish Rally School. For your chance to experience life behind the wheel of a rally car, head to drive.dirtfish.com to find the course that's right for you. What are you waiting for? We're right here waiting for you. Hello, 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 and welcome to Spin the Rally Pod, the podcast that covers everything you want to know and need to know about rallying and is brought to you by Dirtfish.com. I am Lisa O'Sullivan and joining me today, we have the aces in the pack from Dirtfish.com. We have former motorsport team boss, George Donaldson. Good morning, George. Good morning, Lisa. Very excited about Swedish Rally as always. I know, always giddy for it, giddy for it. Yes. And we have Mr. James Bowen, who is, well, it's your first Rally Sweden podcast with Dirtfish.com. Joined Dirtfish family just before Christmas. I feel you must be nicely settled in now, James. Just about, Lisa, just about. Yeah, first Rally Sweden pod and first Rally Sweden in person. I'm mid, mid-packing my bag to, uh, to fly out to Umea very soon. So, uh, yeah, excited for this one. Yeah, and Umea is where we're going. This is the second round of the World Rally Championship 2024, as is the tradition. We've got the WRC2 and the juniors in action as well. The 71st running of Rally Sweden, 300.1 competitive kilometres over 18 special stages. And it's the third year being based in Umea. After all that time on the runway at Karlstad, James, we're kind of getting the feel of being at home in this new rally base much closer to the Arctic Circle. Yeah, I think so, Lisa. Uh, you know, as you said, Karlstad was was the home of Rally Sweden for, for most of those 70-odd years. Um, that's kind of where the, the heart of the rally was. But the, the most important thing on the only winter round, the full only full winter round in the WRC, is that we can guarantee snow and ice. And that, that's what you get when you go north to Umea. So... Um, yeah, it's 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 starting to feel like home. Um, it's a small town, but it's it's one that embraces the rally, and uh, they've got a lot of um, sort of fan friendly stuff going on up there. Um, stages are are, are quick, um, as you'd expect on 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 Rally Sweden. So yeah, I think it's starting to feel like like home for for this event. It has always been quite an in- innovative um, event, Rally Sweden, and. I've only been once. I felt very welcome. I enjoyed the food. I enjoyed the atmosphere. I very much enjoyed the cold, even though I think when I went there, it was my hair froze when I stepped outside, which Mm. is the first (laughs) time that's happened to me. Um, I'm going to move on to the weather because, George, we've got to do the weather first. I mean, it it is. is so key to this event and it is exciting for those of us that don't get to spend time on the Arctic Circle. Yeah, well, I've been tracking the weather in Umea for about a month now, and it, they've had wild swings. We've seen down to minus 34, 35. I've seen, this is forecast, and I've got a weather station nearby that tells me uh, that tells me what the weather's going to do as well. So uh, th- this weekend it's been lovely and cold. This morning it is minus 21 in Umea, 
Uh, the warmest it's going to get to is 12. However, through the week, it gets gradually so warmer. Let, let's clarify that. Oh, George, yes, minus 21. Celsius, 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 whatever that is, extremely cold in Fahrenheit as well. Minus 21 is dashed chilly. Uh, freeze your hair chilly, I, I suspect, uh, Lisa. So uh, through the week, it does get a bit warmer. It always stays below freezing. But uh, it, tomorrow, it, it, we might see a few sprinkles of snow around. And, and that increases on Wednesday and on Thursday uh, and on Friday. So through the week, we are <laughs> getting, uh, you know, uh, two and a half millimetres on Wednesday, 5.4 millimetres on Thursday. That equates to around about, you know, uh, for the American audience, three, four, maybe five inches of snow, very significant, significant enough to affect rally cars on the stages, road cleaning becomes a factor. But it has been lovely and cold up in Umi, and they have, but they have had periods when the temperature's gone above freezing. And what does that mean for the rally now, the fact that it's been doing that? Well, hopefully it means that um, that it's been wet and then frozen. Uh, and that gives us a, that, that gives the road a very strong ice base. If, for instance, you get a year where uh, the snow comes, it, it gets cold, the snow comes, and it never melts, um, it means that that snow is always soft. Uh, generally speaking, in the forest roads, and you get incredible ruts, and you actually get down to the gravel. Uh, not that it makes it any less spectacular. In in many ways, it, it becomes like a charity race uh, with 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 wheels and ruts. It's almost like running a train. Very odd to drive, mm-hmm. in, and I have uh, have that experience. Um, so I'm hoping that what we've got here is just the ultimate, the ultimate in condition. We've got a good chance it is. Um, on Saturday and Sunday of the rally, it clears up to be gorgeous sunshine forecast. Uh, don't don't shoot the forecaster. Don't shoot the messenger. Uh, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, gorgeous sunshine and just your know, minus uh, minus ten overnight, minus eight overnight, and minus two during the day. So so not really going to freeze your hair on those days. Um, so it it the weather looks spectacular. I think for the rally, it's it, it's a it's a big variable. It is going to affect the first day at least, and there's a hundred odd kilometers on the first day. Uh, that, that that's going to make a difference on that first lap, uh, 50, 60 k's of extreme road cleaning. Of course, that snow may come through the day. And when I look at the forecast, uh, as much as my forecast can do, it does suggest that it's snowing all day, but getting worse in the afternoon. Um, so if, if that no. obviously that's uh, that's five five days out, um, so the accuracy of these forecasts you wouldn't you, you certainly you might consider it daily, but whether you would consider it hourly, I think I'd be very optimistic. But the suggestion is it gets heavier in the afternoon, which may mean that the road cleaning could affect the afternoon, and in fact, I mean that's a that's a strategic factor that could happen. So the road cleaning could be um, a factor throughout the day for the leading cars, and much worse for car number one on the road than anyone else. Uh, so that so that's an interesting factor. And, and what about the, the light levels, Joe? Uh, Joe George, sorry, mm-hmm. that's okay. The, the light levels as well um, in the snow must make it. Well, I mean, obviously, if it's heavy snow and it's white out, then it's ah, cool the, conditions, isn't it? The, 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 well, the, it, it doesn't really slow the rally cars down so much because we're on pace notes and we look past it. But anybody that's driven in driving snow will know. There's been 5.4 millimetres of uh, of rainfall. It, it, it's quite quite a significant amount of snow, but not not massive. It's not a massive snowstorm. And the way it's coming, the way it's forecast to come is it seems to be a little bit over the whole day. Um, just continuous. Um, 
so not not like a big dump which can be very hard to drive in the visual flow field when it's snowing and driving snow across a road is absolutely horrendous it's the worst thing in the world to drive in my worst experience in a rally of that was on on REC rally in Kielder where where on no pace notes where it's very very difficult to read the road anyway and in driving yeah. snow and I was, uh, I was I was I was leading the class at the time, and uh, the option to make a mistake was massive, and and you were tied between, you were tied between what pace you felt was safe and what you needed to do, as usual with all well, unusually. Normally you're just flat out in a rally. That that was a little bit of strategy, which was new to me at that point in my career. And we had to, <laughs> we had to try and slow down and survive. So yeah, driving in the snow is difficult, but on pace notes for these guys, not a problem. Any stages at night with the lights, the lights are fantastic in the snow. Obviously, it 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 uh, lights it it um, the the white reflects everything, amplifies the light penetration. So nah, no no issues there at all. It should just be. I mean, weather wise, it's looking fantastically interesting. If that all holds good, the good news is it's always staying below freezing. So we're not talking about getting horrible wet feet. You're just talking about getting <laughs> frostbite and damn chilly. So. <laughs> So George, I remember. George, I remember. Try, I remember trying to uh, leave Park City in the states to get to Wyoming. I was on a skiing holiday, and it, there was a whiteout. Fortunately, there's some golden arches that we could pull into and and kill the time until we could actually see. But yeah, it, it's it's good to hear we're not going to have those kind of conditions. Sorry, James, I interrupted you there. Yeah, just to say, George, last year we had some some tire issues because of those ruts and because of the cars hitting the gravel um, yep. on the second passes of the stages. So it, is that is that less likely to be a factor this it year is. Then, well, with that la- solid ice? Yeah, base? last last year it was a bit warm. It, it went it went above freezing, so uh, we shouldn't be seeing those issues this year at all. The only question would be is, and, and not having spoken to anybody local, what sort of broadcaster am I? Hopeless, not doing my homework like this. But I don't I do not know anybody up in Umia at all um, to, to phone and find out uh, what the conditions would be. Um, I used, for Sweden uh, for Sweden down in Karlstad, I used to phone. Uh, uh, Broad Danielson or uh, or uh, actually um, um, Pernilla Solberg's father, uh, one of the Walfordsons. I used to phone him and he would give me all the, the road conditions. It was lovely. But for Umi, I don't have anybody. Um, At Dirtfish Rally, if you can help George that, out. Yeah, absolutely. Get, get, get on to me. Become my best friend. And, and we'll uh, <laughs> once a year we'll uh, we'll have terribly lengthy discussions about the road surface and the depth of the ice etc. So no, anyway, look, I think it's going to be a cla- it looks to me like classic conditions for a great rally. Tremendous. That is exactly what we're looking forward to, James. Um, let's sh- should we take a look at the runners and the riders. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. So headline really is that Kalirov and Pera is back. Um, Mr. Part-Timer. Um, he's in for Sebastian Auger at Toyota. So Auger goes back to the sidelines and Kali joins that, that three-car team with Elvin Evans and Takamoto Katsuta, who are, of course, are the, the full-season pairing. Um, we've also got a fourth Toyota in the house, uh, which is Lorenzo Bitelli as a Toyota customer. So the Rally 1 field actually grows to nine cars for this event. Um Hyundai, of course, their full season driver lineup is Thierry Neville and Oit Tanak. Um, but Esa Pekalapi is back uh, after he sat out Monte Carlo. Uh, Andreas Mikkelsen was in the third car for that event. But EP's back for Sweden. Looking forward to seeing how he gets on on a surface that's one of his favourites. 
And then, of course, you've got the M Sport crew uh, with Formo and Munster uh, who are there for the full season. So, yeah, nine cars uh, should be a good show in Rally 1. But really, Rally 2 is a massive entry. Is Lorenzo Batelli in Monte Carlo? No, no he about wasn't, Lorenzo no. Batelli, it's always about the uh, the livery, isn't it, really, it is, that yeah. we like to discuss. <laughs> well, L- Lorenzo did go quite well last year. Um, it surprised me. He, he went much better and in very, very difficult conditions, as James has pointed out. So this year it's better. It's always been one of his favourite events. And whilst Lorenzo Batelli is not the fastest uh, driver in, in you know, WRC2 class when he's there, he's, he's very respectful. And, and you know he, he obviously ran the Ford World Rally Car for quite a time. And again, very respectful performances and, yeah. and, and in Sweden last year he exceeded my expectations by quite a considerable amount both in the fact that I, I thought that car might be quite difficult to drive because it's set up for the very top professional drivers who will accept a very difficult car to drive in order to, to get the most out of the traction not necessarily the easiest car for someone to jump into and drive but the team's obviously very smart and they've given them a setup. I mean, I'm surprised they even had a setup available that would be nice for a customer to drive. But they quite clearly did a brilliant job. And uh, mm. he, he drove really, really well. So I would, I would expect a decent performance for him. But when we say decent, it's uh, ahead, of the, ahead of the WRC2 cars, certainly. But uh, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say ahead of either of the Ford drivers. And, and talking of the Ford drivers, for me... Adrian Formo, okay, he's he's obviously under a regime of of steadiness this year to, to keep bringing the results in, but I think back to the likes of Didi Oriol, a Frenchman. First time he went to Sweden, very quick on tarmac, you know, a top top guy. Went to Sweden and was instantly phenomenally quick. Uh, I think he was actually leading uh, when he broke his sump on a on a rock and uh, an unusual an unusual to do that in Sweden because you run lightweight sump guards because you don't need any more and uh, he managed to find a rock puncture the sump and then uh, had to retire so but for, this will be foremost second start I think George because I think he got experience here in 22 so he does right. know the roads knows, a little bit and also and, what, and you've, what you've got to remember is he he's He's in the car that won the rally last year. So that, yes, that car's ex- reasonably exactly, well sorted. Exactly. The car is super for this. Uh, in reality, he's in a fantastic position on the road. Is he fifth on the road, fourth on the road? Because uh, it's probably fourth on the road. That's a good yes, position. Fourth, yeah. Good position for, 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 for the road. Probably just about ideal. And um, yeah, I think he's got a great chance to... to, to uh, Again, you know, maybe position overall, he might still end up, you know, being fifth overall. But I would expect the gap to be closer to the top guys, and it could be, and 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 he could very very well shine. Not that I'm trying to curse him, commentators curse and all that, but uh, I like <laughs> to see that. I like to see the young guys coming through. As everyone that listens to these podcasts know, I'm I'm quite keen on seeing these young drivers come through and succeed. You know, for for everyone that tries, there's 99 fail. Um, uh, just due to maybe either either ability or starstruck or just uh, the opportunity dries up. So great to see, great to see him there, and I think he's got a great chance to to uh, do one of two things: either really shine or cement his progress through the championship with another solid result. Is this a good time to talk about Tanak? Ooh. yeah, great. Last year's winner. Great, I mean, great, you know. ro- great road position, and who would bet against him? He was commenting that, well, obviously they had the difficulty with the car in 
in Monte Carlo, which it seemed to, to some extent that all the drivers had, but Ott was the one that seemed to struggle most. I mean, I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but he did, he, he was certainly the most vocal about it. But Ott, as we know, is very capable of compartmenting away any issues and he will get the very best out of whatever he's driving. He might still tell you it's as awful as he does it, but um, at least he's telling us about it. You know, he's, he's open, or not. we shouldn't be complaining and I, I don't want it to sound like I am. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I would imagine he, for me, is the dark horse on the event uh, with the best chance of uh, of, of winning. And uh, given that the car is enough to his liking, uh, his road position on day one should give him the leg up that he might need, especially looking at the conditions. Yeah, I'd put Ott down as my favourite on this rally to, to win. James? I think he's going to be very strong. And yeah. He's, yeah. he's a defending winner. He's won in Sweden... A couple of times he also won Arctic Rally Finland when that was a WRC round. So he's a master on this surface. Uh, that Hyundai has been very quick in Sweden. So he's certainly got all the factors lining up and you wouldn't bet against it. But I I, I don't think he's the favourite, George. I think the favourite has got to be Kelly Rovenpera. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll recant. I, I was just about to say that after I said all that, I'm thinking championship, of course. Uh, and we've got Cali interloping this year. Um, and this is such an interesting factor, but you know he's going to. I'm not quite sure how they've done the seeding yet. I've, I've not got a seeded entry list here. I've just got the entry list. Uh, so um, what I'm imagining it should be Thierry, Elfin. Uh, yeah. Then it would be, who would would it be? It would be Ott. Ott, Ott next. Ott and then yeah. uh, and then um, Adrian. And then Cali, yes. Cali will be down. Uh, well, would he be, did did Gregoire Munster get any points? No, I don't think he did. Did he? Yes, he did. He picked he up did. one. No, he did. Okay, yeah. so so Cali's running after Gregoire Munster in in the seeded sense. However, uh, the the stewards um, and FIA, I think that I think there's some regulations that they can play with regarding seeding to to put Cali in a in a slightly different place. But they're not going to put him where he should be, you know, which is like one or two in reality. That's where he should be. And that would horribly handicap him as well. Uh, the, 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 I'm sure the regulations won't be taken to that extent. But um, that's the sort of thing that we should be looking at. You know, if Cali was doing Monte Carlo, I would guess that he would have finished in the top three, maybe four. Yeah. So I would slot him in. If I, if, if I was a steward and, I, and I, I was being asked to seed Cali, I would certainly put him in at three or four based on the fact he's already a world champion, etc., etc. Yeah. Interesting. I mean... Interesting. That, interesting. That, that, that so that's a, a, different, a different discussion, of course. Apologies It does, it does. I'm, I'm going to move this on to WRC2, actually. WRC2, it was such a great competition last year. It was, it was, it was a support championship, but at times it was really propping up the WRC, I felt, at times. Um, yeah. I love watching these cars go over the snow, James. Yeah, so do I, Lisa. It, it's, uh, we've got 25 cars in total, Rally 2 cars in Sweden. So massive entry, five manufacturers represented. Um, 13 of those are Skodas, mind you. Um, and the, 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 the chief among those is, is Oliver Solberg, as you've mentioned. He's the defending winner. Um, but then Toyota's GR Yaris Rally 2, this is where that car's really going to get started. It's, it's had its first win now on Arctic Lapland Rally. Um, in the hands of Miko Heikela. Apologies for pronunciation. Um, 
he's he's entered into this rally as well. But Sammy Piari is really the man who I think Toyota's hopes are going to be on. Um, Sammy drove that car all the way through Monty. It wasn't really to his liking, uh, and he wasn't particularly experienced on that rally. But this is where he's going to shine, and he's beginning his WRC2 campaign uh, on this rally. So 20, 20 WRC2 point scorers uh, on Sweden, and most of those guys, this is their season opener. This is the first point scoring round. For those, you've got, you've got that uh, tricky situation where they want to get a good result to get their season started, but also they've been waiting so long to get behind the wheel. Um, and, you know, will they will they go all out for win or, or for the win, or, or are they going to throttle back a bit and make sure they get some points on the board so um yeah i think it'll be a good battle between piari and solberg for me those are the two favorites um also got a fiesta in the field um will Crichton, who's the defending or the the reigning junior world champion he's starting his full campaign with a fiesta so good to see a a a well-sorted updated fiesta back in the rally two field nice nice pictures on social media as well from him um Doing a big love to M Sport and the MLA Rally Academy, helping him yeah. get to Sweden. Yeah. So, has yeah. has uh, William got much experience in Sweden? He must have done Sweden last year, didn't he? At least he's he's done it a few years in he's done it JWRC. A few years. I think. Well, I think look, he did three he's another seasons. one that you know, he's junior world champion. That that's uh, that's a you know that's pretty serious stuff, uh, in my view. Uh, we we should we should see him, you know nibbling up at the up at the leading edge at that you know maybe not uh, maybe not on the same second per kilometer as as the as the very leading guys but we should see him you know through the rally get within a second a kilometer maybe even half a second a kilometer of those top guys that would be a brilliant progression for for William to, to see that so a great chance and you know there's we can talk about lots of guys all the way through of course we've got the two Toyota uh, juniors effectively the 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 next uh, Japanese drivers that might might get the opportunity in a WRC car on that little academy yeah. so they're both in uh, uh, GR Yaris's so that's Yamamoto um, Yuki and uh, Kaguri Hikaru yes it is it's uh, it's the other way around I think actually yeah well I'm doing it yeah. I'm doing it the proper way actually <laughs> I think you'll find and this is it's, this is something that actually has been requested uh, both by the Chinese really? and and the, the Japanese, that people start actually referring to people by the correct way. What the, the what the last name first? Yes. But no, so it is super interesting there, and I, you know the the battle at the front. I could easily see that going six ways. You know, six seven drivers all battling near the front. There's a fantastic array of young drivers there that will push and shove. And yes, we will see retirements from that. And yes, there'll be tragedies of lost points, but uh, it's going to be incredible. I mean, you know, maybe you know, six, eight drivers maybe capable of that top end speed. And yeah, uh, and it, and it, this for me, this is something that's really exciting about WRC two this year as well. Is in the past few years, you've had Andreas Mikkelsen there, who's who's an experienced guy. He's got wins at the top level of WRC, and he's kind of. He's always been the, the guy to beat in that category. Now he's got his move back into Rally 1. The Rally 2 field is really a field of young drivers. It's a proper young drivers championship. There aren't many kind of guys who are, who, who have kind of been to the top level and then come back down to the second level. And I think that, that also makes it really exciting because you're really seeing who, who the next generation are at the top of the WRC2 field. It's going to it's going to be amazing. It, it, it will be absolutely brilliant. We've got, of course, uh, there's also the uh, 
is it what do they call it the uh, the FIA Rally Stars are here another fantastic That's right. interesting yeah. one in JWRC yeah so JWRC is always exciting it is and a, a, a record entry George 19 cars entered oh, yeah. for the full season and 16 different nationalities within that field so a proper proper international championship yeah, and and I think what was makes it exciting is because they are all driving the same car, the Fiesta Rally Three, the Ford Fiesta Rally Three. I think even though we have, uh, you know, it's 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 obviously running alongside WRCT and WRC. It's it's almost like a completely different championship in style as well. I love the fact that the car is kind of secondary to the talents of the driver in some ways. Yeah. I mean, and what, but we should talk about the car. Uh, and co-driver. What, what uh, the car and co-driver. The, the, those little cars, around, I think they're around about the 200 horsepower, maybe 210 horsepower. Uh, yeah, Four-wheel drive. Yeah. They, they're basically like driving a super miniature world rally car uh, or, a, or a miniature uh, WRC2 car. But they That's are so superb to drive. And I mean, I, I, the first time I saw them in action was in Kenya a couple of years ago. And I was absolutely amazed by them and i've talked to malcolm about these uh, directly on on a couple of occasions just just on very short conversations saying i would love to try one out and just see what it's like because i think they're absolutely brilliant and malcolm said phone up and you can do it of course what he means is i can rent one (laughs) 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 i was trying to i was trying to pull the dirtfish journalist angle but he wasn't having any of it at all let's get get Um, that that checkbook out george (laughs) get that checkbook out but no these these cars i'm I'm not advertising for them those cars are absolutely brilliant and uh, they seem to be fantastic to drive and you know uh, talking of uh, seeing them brilliant you know there's a, there's a few of those in in the USA doing the championship and they're getting great results out there as well obviously nothing like as fast as the WRC2 car or the or the uh, the open class that we have there but um, they are amazing and great chassis and they seem to be brilliant fun to drive absolutely they're getting the very best out of drivers so it's a car you can go into and shine in if you're if you've got the talent and the bravery i think it i think it works really really well who's going to be shining this weekend do you think james well this is a difficult one to call um so we've got kind of lots of different groups of drivers in jwrc this year you've got guys who are returning for their second or third year in the category so Diego Dominguez Jr. Um, he was second last year uh, and he's back to try and win that championship. So he's going to be tough to beat. But then you've got this kind of other category of guys who are moving up from junior level in the European Championship. Um, Norbert Meyer is the junior champion in, in ERC. He's moving up. You've also got a lot of junior champions from national competition. Then you've got the FIA Rally Star graduates. So these are guys who two years ago were sitting on their sofa playing video games. They won the competition to, to join the, the Rally Star program and they've been through an extensive training program, uh, national level rallying, uh, lots of one-to-one coaching, and they're finally at the WRC level. I mean, how amazing is that to go in less than two years from sitting on your sofa to, to competing in the WRC. And we also have, we also have a, a famous son there. Fabio Schwartz is the son of Armin Schwartz. Um, yeah. And yeah. He, he's, he's in the JWRC. Uh, be interested to see how he gets on. 
course, uh, Armin runs a driving experience. I don't know if it's in the in the north of Sweden or the north of Finland. I'm not quite sure where he runs that, but he's been running that for a number of years. So Fabio, young Fabio, should be extremely experienced in driving on ice and snow. So this should just fall into his lap. A great chance to show show well in a in a fairly well a very accomplished field. I mean, all of these guys that are driving in that, all all of them, I mean, pretty well right down through the field, they would all be running at the top end of their own national fields, you imagine. There yeah. might be one or two interlopers in there, and, and they're very, very welcome because what a, what a, what a place to learn. You go into somewhere and you're a championship that's got such a, a fantastic level, in my view, it, it just lifts your driving. So you go and do the first stage and you find yourself two and a half seconds a kilometre slower than the guy in front. What? The next stage, guess what? <laughs> You're only a second and a half because you have just thrown caution to the wind and uh, you've lifted yourself and realised that you know these guys are taking a lot more out of the car than you are. So wake up. And that's the way to learn. So it's, it, this whole environment, that that whole entry field from the, you know, from the, from from WRC two down, these are guys that are all striving to be the fastest. So that is a field that is just filled with talent and filled with expectation and uh, uh, maybe a maybe a, a smidgen of desperation in there as well. I've got to show it this year, you know. And there's 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 nothing uh, there's nothing more interesting or in fact sometimes sadder to watch than that uh, um, from, from at least from the inside. But then you see guys there with some very experienced uh, co-drivers in there. Stephen McCauley um, uh, co-driving for uh, James Leckie in the in the uh, it, that's at the, at the tail end of WRC three uh, WRC two. Sorry, you know, he's, he's the last car on the on the on the entry list. I don't know whether it'll be the last car on the seeded list. But uh, you know, he he. I presume he's going to Sweden for the first time, James Leckie, and he'll be he'll be. Um, Make, making the, 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 the exploratory journey, but he's got a great great experienced co-driver with him in Stephen. So it'll be super interesting, mm. really. And, and through, through all the nationalities and all, the, all the, the, the classes there, it's just going to be fantastic. Absolutely amazing. It is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so those are the runners and riders, but let's just circle back. James, what's new... Um, what are you expecting to be the highlights route-wise for Rally Sweden this year? Well, it's largely the same route as last year, Lisa. Uh, there's one entirely new stage, which is the first stage of Saturday that's then repeated again uh, on, on Saturday afternoon. So don't ask me how to pronounce it, but it's it's a 10-mile-odd stage, <laughs> which looks like so most, most of the stages are pretty fast, pretty flat-out, fast corners, you know, it, it it's a question of commitment through those corners and, and ultimate top speed. But this, uh, I think, I think, I think it's pronounced Vanus. Yes. Uh, so th- this is one of the more technical stages. So it's a little bit different. Um, obviously, the guys will get a good look at it during the recce. But that's the only brand new stage. There's a couple of new sections of road on some of the stages, but by and large, it's the same route as last year. Um, great, uh, great. Um, thing that's been done by the organizers is is the bratby test which we all remember last year for for craig breen and his legendary stage end commentary and he won both runs of, of bratby last year so the organizers have renamed that stage in his honor so it's it's now known as the f- number 42 bratby test 
Um, so fantastic. That's brilliant. And and the organizers have also told me there's going to be a, some other Craig Breen tributes throughout the weekend. So that'll be brilliant to, to look out for. Um, great, great thing that they're doing there. Um, so yeah, that in terms of, uh, in terms of roads, like I said, um, very fast, uh, lots of commitment required. We're going to be seeing top speeds of, of sort of 200 kilometers an hour, which is about 120 miles an hour. Um, two or three night stages um, at the end of the day. Uh, so yeah, a, a good mix of everything. It's a fantastic place to watch rally cars if you're stage side or if you're at home watching on the television. So yeah, that's that's really how the route uh, is going to go. Um, lots to look forward to. Cannot wait. It is going to be amazing. Keep up to date with everything. Dirtfish.com. We've got the live centre and James is going to be a busy, busy man. Lots and lots <laughs> of writing for you. And just remember, if you're going outside anywhere, James, um, that has battery power, make sure you keep it inside because the batteries will go flat just like that. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes, Lisa. I don't know Lisa, any of this. Yeah, to, uh... we, uh, we, we found that the... Um, the, the year I was out there and um, we had our remote kit, basically, as soon as you took it outside of your suit to start recording, you had about five minutes before the batteries just were, the cold leached all life out of them. I mentioned the website, dirtfish.com, obviously. It's where everybody goes first thing in the morning to check what's happening. Um, what is coming up on the website? What have we got coming up, James? Well, We'll have lots of, so you, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, we'll have lots of preview material um, and that's where you'll be able to find our form guide and our, um, yeah, uh, uh, all of our preview stuff, um, lots of little features coming up. And then of course, over the weekend, um, we'll have, if you miss anything from the rally, we'll have all of the stage reports and the wrap up of everything that's happened, but you know, where you really want to be across the weekend is on Dirtfish Live Centre because that's where we'll have all of the live uh, coverage of the stages. We'll have behind the scenes content, stuff you won't see anywhere else from uh, from myself and Colin Clark on the ground. Um, so that's the best place to follow the rally. And of course, on the YouTube channel as well, we'll have a daily highlights package and lots of other interesting stuff going on. So we've really got it covered on Dirtfish. So um, yeah, that's the place to keep up to date with Rally Sweden. And I can guarantee as well that James is going to have very little sleep because it's uh, it's going to be a busy weekend for you with all of that to cover over there. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you're going to be you're going to be kept very very busy by the Dirtfish team. Dirtfish.com will be where you can keep up with everything that's happening. The Life Centre will bring you the action as it's happening on the stages. James is going to be writing lots and lots and lots. And lots. He's going to be so busy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is probably a good chance for us to just jump across to the States, dirtfish.com. Obviously, we're based in Snoqualmie, Washington State, but the ARA is underway. Snowdrift rally at the weekend. Distinct lack of snow, I'm afraid, for that. So we sent David and Colin stateside to catch up with all the action in Michigan, but we couldn't trust them to do it on their own. Take it away, Brenton Kelly. Welcome to Michigan. We're currently sitting in my hometown of Alpena, Michigan right now. We just kind of ventured over from Atlanta after snowdrift. I'm sitting here with David Evans and Colin Clark. I'm Brenton I'm Kelly. Me first. <laughs> it's an order of importance, I know. And as well, it's worth it's saying. An import, it's an order of ego. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's eagle. Um, but it's important. I have to say, I have to say, uh, you've been the perfect host this week. You really you have. certainly have. Uh, it's yeah. been wonderful. You've looked after us well, and it's a delight to come to your stomping ground. Yeah. You know, from your youth and to discover where the young BK used to spend his time Worked while away the, the hours. Worked across the road. Yeah. yeah, I used to live across there, live above the building we're in right now. It's a great place. What a great, great yeah, place. It is fabulous. It's a voyage place. of discovery. Well done, BK. Thank you. Yeah, and we've met the family. Yeah, yeah. BK yeah. Senior. <laughs> yeah, 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 Good. David. And who, who didn't have a coat yesterday? And BK <sighs> Senior. Yeah, being, all right. Being the typically embracing and hospitable American offered me a coat. And what did you say? Yeah, but I said no because I thought he was going to take the coat off. I, I thought your dad was going to give him the coat off, he, off his own back. He would have. Oh. Yeah, but that's exactly wrong. Exactly. Colin, and Colin exactly. would have accepted it. <laughs> I think me and Vicky's dad are of a similar age. So, you know. <laughs> but no, it is, I mean, fantastic part of the world. Yeah. Second time in Michigan, four months on from being a youper. Up in the Upper Peninsula, we're now trolls. We're trolls. Do you yeah, explain so that? Just for a little bit of perspective, it. yeah, we're, we're about six to seven hours away from Marquette, where we were at LSPR. Uh, it is technically still the same state, but it is the peninsula, so it's a whole different section connected by that Mackinac Bridge like we talked to LSPR. Mm. I believe the longest suspension bridge in all of the Northern Hemisphere, if I had to guess. Um, Don't yeah. guess. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's it is. What about that one that goes from... But is it a suspension bridge? BK I, said it's the longest suspension bridge. I did say Northern Hemisphere too, maybe North America. Let's say yeah. that. Yeah. So Narrow it down a little it's bit. It's the more. biggest in Michigan. Yeah, it's the biggest bridge in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. how, so how long would it take us if we left where we are now, which is essentially Atlanta, Michigan, and drove to Marquette? About six to seven hours. Sorry, you said that. I mean yeah. how many miles? Oh miles? Six or seven hours worth of miles, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> to be Depends about. on the speed you're going. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be 350 miles, I guess, 300, 350, a bit more, 400. Well, yeah, once you start to get into the UP, the speed limits are a little bit yeah. slower, a couple yeah. of cities you got to go through, because you're not on a divided highway. That's something to think about. In the UP, there's no real two-lane highway section. What we call a motorway. Don't or get a, into uh, that argument again yeah. about two tracks and single tracks <laughs> and all the rest. But it's a real hotbed of rallying kind of... Um, communities around here, isn't it? Because you've got this one, Jibway's not too far away, LSPR, you know, this area. Yeah, you, Mr. Geography, man. Geography's my department. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where's the yeah, Jibway. Join all those degrees. Ask a lot of questions. <laughs> so, basically, I mean, in the, in the US, we got the Pacific Northwest Pocket of Rally, we got the Midwest Pocket of Rally, and then there's that East Coast, and now we're starting to get a little bit more of the the southern stuff with the Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, that's starting to come back a little bit. But yeah, the Midwest is kind of a real, real big hotbed. You know, we got Snowdrift, LSPR, we got a couple other smaller rallies like Iron Mule, Magnum Opus in Michigan as well. And then Ojibwe is not too far yeah. away, which you can just kind of go through the UP to get to. 100 acres not far away. Southern Ohio is probably only six hours from here. And, and I mean, just geographically, geographically for you guys, it's a very long distance to go six hours for a rally, right? If you're driving yeah. it, right? Yeah. But here, this is, I mean, the optimal location to be is kind of central Midwest. You can get to all these rallies within a 10 hour tow, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and what a great rally it was. I, we came here desperate. I, you know, I've genuinely, probably 15, 20 years, I've been watching since reporting on David Higgins winning and for all of those years. I've always wanted to come to Snowdrift, yeah. always. And always wanted to come to Michigan, you know, Detroit. Yeah. Motown, Colin. Motown. Where's well, Motown? <laughs> but, yeah, well, 
but David, I was slightly validated in my misconception of Motown by BK, who said he also thought that Motown was a place. It took me a while. Yeah. <laughs> Motown is definitely not a place. Not a place. It's a I looked it up on Google Maps. Good thing. Where is this Motown? <laughs> I mean, it's a place, but it's a, a slang. Yeah. Slang. Yeah. You know, From Motortown. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, but you, it, you were trying to out-talk the coffee machine there. I could hear your volume going up and up and up the coffee machine behind you. You were trying to no, over-talk it. No chance of, of no. doing that. But so amazing. You know, almost a sort of pilgrimage for me to come here and Bonfire Alley. You know, we've done stuff about that on on Dirtfish before. The, 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 the whole place and the and the atmosphere and everything that goes on there but to come here was incredible huge disappointment with no snow but ultimately it's been an epic event with mm. or without snow mm. I mean it definitely made it more entertaining for the fans and, and for you guys too especially on that bonfire alley hairpin you know it's like uh, usually it's such a slow corner and it's just the excitement is maybe a car went a little bit wide and tapped a bank but now yeah. you're actually seeing hucking it in there big pendulums throwing hair, it in handbrake yeah. yeah travis uh, through there last totally night threw it was nuts. Uh, you know uh, mid the, the mid corner speed you were sure uh, he was going off yeah, yeah. backwards somewhere <laughs> yeah. and he did smack the bank didn't he, he and did. pinned him back on again but it just kept uh, it pinned it was uh, it was the whole thing has been an absolute treat and i have to say bonfire alley for me um was the highlight and uh, you know i We'd, we'd driven through there, what, we'd already driven the stage, we'd talked about it endlessly all weekend. Um, and I'm thinking, yeah, a few little fires and, you know, maybe a few little rowdy spectators. I could not believe it. As we turned off the highway, we're three miles, four and a half kilometres from the stage, and the cars were lined up all the way in. You yeah. know, and then you, there's yeah. another access road, and there's another three or four miles of cars. Right. And we got there, and it was, you know, I'd been going to stage ends and rallies for 20-odd years, and I have never ever experienced anything like that it was just it was incredible it was I think absolutely it was the incredible. intensity as well the intensity of it yeah you know we yeah. talked a lot about about when you go up in el condor in argentina you get a similar kind of vibe don't you that there is that mm. there's the fires and the camping and the people mm. making incredible smelling food and what have you but they're so spaced out yeah whereas yeah. And in some ways, in, in every sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was but, a bit of that last night. There was a wee bit. But here, you know, it's so narrow between yeah. kind of the stage side. And it was fantastic. But, you know, for me as well, to see Travis Pastrana back, and yeah. you kind of forget, you know, Seminook in my world, you know, a mountain bike world is massive. And sometimes, you know, I still sort of pinch myself that there's Brandon Seminook. He's such a big thing. Yeah. A big kind of dude in our house. But he's not that megastar. He's not the rock star kind of guy. Not at all. Travis walks into town, and there oh, is the rock star. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, just yeah. But it, gone 11 o'clock last night, sat in the freezing cold, yeah. just chatting to people, and a huge long line of people. And they were very respectful, weren't they? They yeah. always queued. They queued, and they, they queued quietly and patiently, and Travis was fantastic with them. But it was, it was interesting because, you know, we had no issues getting hold of Brandon to do the interview. And we're, we're yeah. chatting to him. There were one or two people around and that was it. But you couldn't see Travis for, for, for all the fans that were there. But, you know, I, I, I kind of thought, how, how must that make Brandon feel? Because he's just won this rally by quite consider yeah, considerable margin. Um, and it wasn't just that. It was the whole style of his driving. He said to us before the event, you know, whenever I've been here before against Travis, Travis has had the upper hand, yeah. you know, so we'll have to see where, where I've progressed to. Well, my goodness me, in two years, he has massively progressed. He's won the rally, and he's, he's just, he's, he, could, he was quite obscure at the yeah. end of the rally. And, yeah. and I thought, will that bother him? No. 
Not, not in the slightest. I no. think he's enjoying the fact that he's got someone to compete against, someone to measure himself against. And in some ways, someone to take away mm. some of that demand from mm. the fans. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because, you know, Brandon's kind of way is just to step back a little bit. He's a quieter character. Mm. But, it, I mean, the, the bell. Carry on. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you know, you got to really think about Travis's history here. You know, he said that guy came up with the magazine to get him yeah. signed from his first rally here. And this was, we found out, Travis's first ever official rally. Um, it, it's just interesting to see. That was 20 years ago. you got a lot of people that have collected car parts from, you know, Travis is going off, hitting yeah. the bumpers. He always goes through a ton of bumpers here. And you always see people carrying, you know, even if it's a small chunk of the bumper, mm -hmm. maybe the fog light cover or something, yeah. they want to get that signed. And I saw a lot of those people bringing those same parts back from when he did this rally 12 years ago, yes. getting them signed. They want to get another photo with him. So people that have already interacted with him once and years ago, they're coming to the rally. They want to see him again and get that updated version of who Travis is now. Yeah, he's great. He's just great for rallying. Never mind American rallying. He's just great for rallying. He's got, he's, he's clearly got character. He's got presence. He's got. He's got almost rock star-like presence, mm. Travis Pastrana. And, and, you know, while he's here, we, we need to make the most of him, don't we? Totally. It was the same uh, with Ken. Yeah. You yeah. know, you uh, totally saw um, that, that, that different style of different character. But, it, you know, for me... he's a bloody good driver. I, well, exactly. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Is, but, and, and, you know, there were some issues with getting back into the car. And one thing that actually we didn't really explore enormously with him, which perhaps we should have done, was actually driving the car and actually being in the car. You know, talking to, to Keaton Williams, to, to Brandon's co-driver, he was saying, you know, it's a new car. And, mm -hmm. and Travis stepped into that on Wednesday. And it's the same as us. You know, you go and buy a new car, you don't immediately know how to, to move the screen from one thing to the other. It, all of that was new. They've yeah. got, I think it's a Cosworth system they're running in there now, which is different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know what you and I like when we get a rental car and we're trying to fit Apple CarPlay. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately on WRC, we've got Elliot with us. It took us five minutes to actually work out how to move it. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and that was him, wasn't it, on Wednesday morning? No, yeah. first no, sorry, it was in France. It, didn't take, it took us ten minutes, genuinely ten minutes to work out how to turn this car off. <laughs> and we, we walked away about four times going, yeah, that's job done. Oh. And then realising, no, it's not turned off. Yeah. But anyway. yeah. So Something we kind of grazed over, though, was that Travis just got out of surgery. You know, yeah. mentioned to it at the yeah, test. It, it didn't really come up at all during the whole rally. Was that he had that knee surgery like a week ago or something? Or yeah. You could see he was struggling, couldn't you? You could really see that he was struggling. He was last night. I, I guess he probably yeah. just wanted to go to bed and take some painkillers. Yeah. Um, but no, there was no suggestion that he was going to bail out, was there? No. Top man. No. Top, top Absolutely. Man. And and you know, looking further, so. Incredible. I mean, a peerless driver game from, from Seminook. Mm -hmm. Tenth ARA win on the bounce. Uh, and, and you've got to say, you know, the, the way that he drove the power stage, the last stage, took six seconds or something out of, of everybody again. And he, it's hard to look past him for the championship. Um, but to have Travis there, it is going to raise his game because well, suddenly, with, with the yeah. best will in the world, you know, there was not really anybody last year. Okay. Barry McKenna came along and, and ran him close a couple of times, but there wasn't anybody consistently. So it's good yeah, for the championship. Absolutely. But also, you look back, you look further down the field into third, you know, Javier Olivares, brilliant result for him. His fourth podium in a row. In a rally three car. In a row, fourth yeah. in a row in a, in yeah. a rally three car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Consistency, and that's, you know, in some ways, very similar in his approach to Brandon. He's maybe not quite got the pace or the. Um, I suppose see the ability. It's difficult to judge that right now, but but very similar in their approach. They're very methodical. 
Uh, you can very reliable. Mm -hmm. they, they they know what their cars are capable of, both Javier and Brandon, and they they, they bring their car to the end of every stage. And mm -hmm. you know when you're competing against a driver that's like that, it's difficult because you've got to push yourself. Oh, yeah. we, saw, we saw that with Travis. Yeah. Travis pushing it. He thought, yeah, I've got this. I'm going to push a little bit harder, and he puts it off. Yeah. And Javier is the same. He just is like. You know, just the consistency of his performances really impressing me. Really, really impressing yeah. me. No, he's definitely and heavy, by the way. Heavy, sorry. Heavy. Uh, and beyond that, you, you're looking down into the regional event with that incredible battle between John Farrett and Taylor. Uh, I'm not sure. Who are you? I'm going to do it. The Dutch name. Amazing. You know, Taylor's first ever gravel rally that he didn't intend to compete on a gravel rally, but it's it's how it evolved. Uh, and John Farrett, you know, an alumni from Dirtfish. Uh, With his brother come, next to him. Yeah, and yeah. just great stories. And then your man, Mike Cessna, yeah. in the, the BMW, changed yeah. the engine. Yeah. Finished changing the engine, like, hours before yeah. the start, yeah. having worked all night. And this, you know, this is American rally. I don't think people get this, you know, the stories that come out of the place. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, these, these are guys that are working full-time jobs. Um, yeah. You know, they're taking, and, and we know how very few holidays Americans get as yeah. an uh, your annual leave. Mm. They're using all their annual leave to come out and do these rallies. And do you know what? Once they've made the effort, they've committed to it, they are going to make sure they get there. Yeah. And yeah, it was some job, wasn't it, from those boys to replace that engine? And what, what else happened? They replaced the engine <laughs> and then they, something else just literally hours beforehand that they had to replace on it. So I asked them, you know, how did you end up having a, a blown motor coming into the rally? <laughs> And he said, I went to change the oil that's for the right. year. You know, yeah. and that's just a little perspective in, in North American Rally is a lot of these people, <laughs> you're not spending that extra money to get the oil. If the oil's slick, you're good to go, you yeah. know. The motor sometimes is cheaper than trying to upkeep oil yeah. changes every single <laughs> event. So he went to change the oil, saw some metal on the, yeah. the magnet, yeah. and then said, okay, we'll get another motor, we'll change it at the event. Changed the motor out the night before the event, went to go start it and realized they forgot the pilot bearing, yeah. which basically is just a little bearing that presses into the, into the motor portion and then kind of the, the shaft out of the transmission just kind of slips right into that. Mm. I mean, it's no bigger than a, a marble or a gumball, you know, yeah. it's just a small little piece. Incredible. But there's no bolts or anything, you just push it in with your finger. And you have to take... You got to take the transmission basically fully all the way out to be able to put that in there. Wow. So they got that completely done. And That's the sort of thing you and I do. <laughs> We've done five minutes, David. Um, but what I loved, what I loved, I mean, you know, the boys told us a story about how they, I think he said he'd lost the summer snowdrift by four seconds or something, yeah. didn't he? And there were tears, and you could see the emotion, yeah. and I love it. This is yeah. We've seen it a number of times here. It just reminds you of how much rallying means to so many people. Yeah. You know, um, driver and co-driver. It was an yeah. enormous result for them, and they said there were tears in the car, I'm sure, at the final stop line, but there were, there were tears when we were talking to them. It was, yeah. it, it's very humbling to see people that are so committed to yeah, what they do, so and they work hard, so hard. put so much everything yeah. into it. Yeah. 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 But what about, you, you finished on the podium, on, on this event. Yeah, in 2016. What's and like? you want one? I've, I've won Snow, Summer Snowdrift snow twice, yeah. the first two years they've done yes. it. When I was running the regionals here, I got... But that's not the proper one. Yeah. Let's not let him get too big for his boots. Yeah, I got a couple of regional <laughs> wins here as well. Um, but nationally, yeah, 2016, I took third. But what was it like, you know, doing what you did with media, with Dirtfish Live Center? How did it compare? Was it quite nice to see it completely from the opposite side? Honestly, the, the biggest thing was obviously Bonfire Alley. You know, I've spectated some yeah. stages here before growing up, but never officially made it out to Bonfire Alley and had that commitment. You know, when I was coming up here younger, learning rally, you wouldn't come up here with uh, with maps and an organization. We'd show up with a bunch of kids, 
and we'd find a rally car on the road and we'd follow it to a stage and maybe see a start and then we go to the super special and that was yeah. really all we got so coming here to actually do coverage and be organized and see the commitment of all these people yeah. on bonfire alley is epic and as we found out, if you want to get that prime spot at Bonfire Alley, you've got to be there at 9, nine in the morning. Right? Yeah. Nine o'clock, yeah. Almost, I mean, 10 hours or something. Yeah. Yeah. Eight hours before it starts. We saw them when we drove through on recce on Wednesday, was it Thursday? Thursday we drove Thursday, through. Yeah. Thursday, And um, The locals who had properties on Bonfire Alley already building their bonfires on Thursday. Yeah. You know, and it was incredible. Wood. Yeah. Uh, no, it was incredible. And, you know, you'd sold us this, this incredible snowy dream. <laughs> uh, all through all through last year and we arrived at but what for you how different was it you know you've never seen roads like this in the winter yeah you know it was super interesting to see the ice and the slush combo that was you know not like it looked like mud but yeah. there's two three inches of ice underneath mm -hmm. that in some yeah. of those spots where those roads hadn't been plowed so i mean that's a surface i've never seen before in a rally and i don't think many people had seen at all so everyone was kind of concerned at what was the tire choice we saw so many weird interesting combos of yeah. tires and stuff so um, many weird cuts as well yeah very weird cuts which is great you know back to the old days of yeah. cutting tires what were those enormous tires that we saw in that car with the very strange treads on them i can't they bought from indonesia or yeah. somewhere uh, and then they look like pickup truck or something. pickup truck they look like tractor tires <laughs> the boys came to us at yeah. the end with a huge beaming smile on his face going i told you they'd work and he had, he had the best rally he's ever had yeah. you know on steel rims he said yeah. you know i didn't, didn't worry about battering the rims because they were steel rims i mean that's yeah. kind of one of the things you got to think about for this rally in particular too is just to get a proper set of ice tires is not cheap. That's yeah. the price of a motor for a lot of these cars, you know? Yeah. So a lot of these guys will, sometimes I've heard people swapping the cars off their, or the tires off their recce car onto the rally car to do the event and then swapping really? them back onto their, their car to drive home. Wow. Um, so that, you would ordinarily, you would just use one set of tires across yeah, the two days. Yeah, typically, I mean, you're not getting any tire wear here. Like you, you put a new set of snows on and you can see if you're not getting down to that gravel at all, those ice tires will last you all event. I'm, honestly, I've probably ran three, four years in a row with the same set of ice tires because oh, yeah. they didn't wear. You yeah. put them back in the garage, but that's just, you know, it's expensive to get a new set of those ice tires like yeah. that. So what was your takeaway? What was the highlight for, for, for BK from the two uh, days? Again, it's Apart got... Apart from having cold night in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was quite some enjoyment. I got to say Bonfire Alley still, yeah, just getting out there and it, being able to experience it and see it. Obviously, with a media vest, too, gives you a little more yeah. uh, availability to wander around and kind of get around some of those fences to, to see the crowds from a different perspective than what everyone else is seeing. You know, we saw those fences as we were doing recce, and it's like they told us they added 200 yards of fence on each side than yeah. compared to what they did last year. And you guys were even kind of skeptical. Like, oh, yeah, you know, might be a couple people trying to hang out. But <laughs> yeah. you guys. Oh, it, was, it just blew you away. It, yeah. it was insane to see, you know, when everybody poured the the lighter fuel or whatever onto the fires. <laughs> the, the whole forest just went bright Whoosh. orange. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was bonkers. And to think, we were talking to Brandon, to Seminook after at the finish and, and said, you know, what did you think? And he was like, yeah, it was good. But he said, you know, may, maybe last year with the snow on the ground, it reflects it and it makes the whole thing brighter. So you think, actually, we didn't even see it at its best. Wow. So we have to come back next yeah. year. You know, it, it was just the number of people in the atmosphere. Yeah. The number of people, I just, you know, it was as busy, certainly those those approach roads were as busy as anything I've seen for yeah. any stage anywhere, Yeah. you know, and it was just incredible. It was just yeah. such a wonderful atmosphere. People being, 
you know, they were being loud, they were being raucous, they were, they were dancing, they were, some of them were sleeping. Um, but it was, it was fun, it was a great atmosphere. Some of them were you falling know. out of trees. Yeah, some of them fell, tree actually fell out of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> She's all right, we understand. <laughs> I think she bounced when she landed, but anyway. But no, it was, yeah, was I mean, it's been a, like a proper, proper special, special mm. event, special mm. weekend. Yeah. Totally lived up to the expectations. And One thing I, I want to touch on, just what Brandon was saying about, you know, the, the snow reflecting. Yeah. I kind of was pointing out as we were going to some of those stages, and I wrote about it on Live Center a little bit, is yeah. typically here at this rally, when there's snow on the trees, it is quiet in the woods. Yeah. You can't hear anything. And then all of a sudden, you just start to see headlights hitting the tops of the trees. Yeah. And you see headlights, you know, a couple times, then all of a sudden, then you start to hear that sound. And that was something a little bit different here that we could hear the cars before we could see them. Yeah, but typically, yeah. it's you see those lights a couple times right. hit the tops of the trees, then all of a sudden they just come over the hill and you got the full sound. But yeah. without that snow dampening it, it was mm. a little more normal. But that is one of the vibes that I think you guys really got to come back and see. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. recommend anyone does. To be honest with you, it's one of those experiences. If you're yeah. a rally fan, yeah, you want to experience that. You totally. absolutely want to experience. No, it, it was, was special. Yeah, it absolutely wasn't. You'd say that for every ARA round that we've been to. There's all, you know, every place. It's a, it's a voyage of discovery for us, isn't yeah, it? Because we haven't is. been to these places. For you, it's a little bit more humdrum because you've been there. Yeah. But for us, it's fantastic to come here and see this. And yeah, the last stage at LSBR up on the hill. Yeah, Huge exactly. drives up there as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it is fantastic. So, no, another great weekend. And it's far too long till 100 Acre Wood, uh, where we'll be seeing you next. Yeah, me next. Yeah, but you guys are off. I mean, you guys are what? One day home? No, no Sweden for me. Oh, Colin, no Sweden. Sweden. I'm home for 14 hours, and then off to Sweden, yeah. where there is some proper snow. Yeah, and it's going to snow. snow. A meter of snow is being forecast. S snow's overrated now. Right? Over yeah. Snow's yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, snow. <laughs> snow was last year. Mm, last decade. <laughs> no, it, it's great, and and the. Just a stunning start to the season. You know, an incredible Monty, fantastic win for Thierry Neville. And just to come here, and Dakar as well for Carlos. You know, what a start we've had. Um, great stories. Some yeah, great stories absolutely, already. Absolutely. So, no, it's stay tuned to dirtfish.com for, for all of the, the news and more of these great stories. Sorry, Beacon, that was your... He do. keeps doing that I to me as well, Beacon. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's your sign I'll take a sip of my coffee and you sign us out. <laughs> There's a little bit of that happened on the interviews too, wasn't there? Exactly. Right. <laughs> I, I kind of got used to that. Yeah. Anyway, Brothers and arms, me and BK. Yeah. I got to the point where I just started putting the mic to David at the end of the interview. <laughs> but yeah, again, Wrap uh, it up. Like David said, stay tuned. All the action, all the news on dirtfish.com. That was nicely done, Brenton. Keeping those two in check, the deadly duo will have a little more luck finding some of the white stuff as they head to Sweden for Dirtfish.com and the second round of the World Rally Championship. Colin and David making their way across the continents to get in position in Umia as soon as possible, which George and James, I think, just leaves us to indulge in the the ritual humiliation that is predicting the top three for Sweden. And I'm going to go first and I'm going to say... Kali Rovenpera is going to win. <laughs> surely, surely it's going to be Kali Rovenpera. He's going to be um, chomping at the bit to get back into WRC action. And yeah, I, I can't see past him unless Oit Tanak gets, gets a repeat. But will he? No, I don't think he will. I think it's going to be, for me, Rovenpera, Tanak, Evans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm, I'm well, always wrong. 
but yeah. yeah. George? Uh, no comment. <laughs> I'm not going to get away <laughs> with that, am I? Uh, no, well, I'm, I'm absolutely gonna, I'm gonna, not. I'm going to stick with my Ott Tanak on this one because I think Ott is going to be extremely determined uh, and, and his road position is going to help. Obviously, Cali's in exactly the same position, so I think there'll be a huge... I mean, just in terms of pure pace and road position, uh, Cali uh, would, would, should be leading, Ott should be second, and then it's a choice between... You know, you've got a very determined Essa Pekka, I'm sure, as well. Uh, Atakamoto uh, 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 Katsuta, who will be, you know, very keen to get into these conditions. This is kind of home turf for him as well. He's he's very familiar with this and will be expecting to to uh, really perform up to another level. So, you know, it it it's just it's I think it's just down to road conditions and how the feel is on the day. And don't discount, uh, I'm going to say, poor Elfin Evans, you know, who, who seems to, you know, be very self-effacing and always puts, on, puts, his, puts his, uh, his life on the, on the line in terms of, you know, um, uh, how he feels about the car and what the performance is and I'm not quite feeling right in the car. Actually, Elfin, nobody's really interested in that. We just want to see you going fast, mate. It's as simple as that. And uh, <laughs> you do your best and, and, you know, four or five times a year you're going to win rallies and that's just how it is. And, and you know, th- that's your driving style and it's brilliant. Uh, and, and uh, you know, this this he's, he's won here before. Don't forget that. Um, what hazards are there in, in this rally? Uh, well, if, if it ruts badly, uh, as, as we mentioned earlier, if it's just been cold uh, and, and, not, and, and we don't have a strong frozen base, you can get ruts. So, so there, there, are, there is jeopardy. You can, get, you can get stones through sumps. That, that does happen. Uh, the, the deep deep ruts can fling a car off the road very easily because you, you lean on the ruts and you can pop out of them like a, like a train coming off a rail, really. It's very, very hard to get back into it and recover. So th- there's enough jeopardy there, I think, to... to, to to swing an unusual rally result, so uh, predicting very very hard. Um, I'll say that that uh, uh, the top three places will be will be taken by WRC one cars. That's my prediction. <laughs> George, that's my that's prediction. Outrageous. I, I realise. I realise it's outrageous. Oh, but some, somewhere between autumn. Give us and a name. Cali. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I can't look past Cali. I'd I'd, I'd love to throw in a. a a, a wild card pick, but uh, I just can't. I just can't for this one. I think Cali's going to win it. I think the guy that is going to be closest to him is Esapek Alapi. That's my prediction because his road position's excellent. He's always gone very well in fast rallies. He's hungry. He had a really difficult end to the season last year. And by my calculations, this is actually the first season since 2018 that he's been in the same car for the second consecutive year. He's changed teams so much. He's back in a Hyundai for the second year in a row now, so he should, in theory, be able to up his level of performance because he's more comfortable in that car. But what I think will happen over the weekend is we're going to see our, our old friend Team Orders come into play because I don't think Esapakilapi will be allowed to finish second in this rally. So I think we'll see him on the pace, but drop back that down would, later that in the That would weekend. only, of course, depend on Thierry Neuville being directly behind him. Well, all right, Tanak, George. Uh, all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, assuming that I, I was assuming that Oit was was in front of him, and Esapeka was going to be second on your prediction. There, apologies. <laughs> yeah, so it, that that will be interesting if if Lappy's ahead of both of them, will he be asked to to drop back? So. I think that's something we're going to have to look out for. Well, I, again, happens, again, but... that would just that would 
that would solely depend on on another Hyundai being directly behind them, in in my view. But you, again, there's the strategy of of the of the Saturday night uh, point situation where you've got to hold fire for the for the next day. Or uh, uh, I mean, could we be in a situation where 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 Esapeka has to retire in order to give uh, the, the the right points to Thierry Neuville? That's not an impossibility because Oof. the the results are are set for eighteen points on. On uh, Saturday night, if so if he's leading on Saturday night and he goes into Sunday, uh, and Thierry and 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 Oit are behind him, if he if he finishes the rally, he gets those eighteen points. All he can do is slow down for the Sunday or retire. It's another interesting. That would be a counterpoint to the the purpose of those regulations. But tactically, wow. I imagine the, the it must be a very very narrow possibility of something like that happening. But uh, but um, I, I don't think anybody's really kind of work those things out publicly although i can guarantee you that the in toyota and in hyundai they will have had somebody figure out every scenario imaginable so yeah they'll be ready for mm. it dirtfish.com will be where you will find out all this information at the weekend Rally Sweden, round two of the WRC Championship 2024. And I'm absolutely loving the tributes that they're going to be making to Craig Breen. We'll be covering that as well. What an amazing young man he was. And yeah, I think it's going to be quite an emotional weekend as well for many of us. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you, James. Thank you, George. Uh, Thank you remotely, David, Brenton and Colin. We will have plenty more content, but of course, just keep going to dirtfish.com and we will keep you right at the front of the field when it comes to rally information. 